At AGI, we take grain bin safety seriously. With Bin Manager, from the convenience of your smartphone, you can know the condition of stored grain without having to climb a ladder or stairs to monitor temperature and moisture. AGI Bin Manager is fully automated, meaning you can trust that grain is safe and in condition without returning to the bin to turn on or off fans and heaters. With advanced algorithms to optimize fan and heater controls, you can be confident that your hard-earned harvest will be in condition when it is time to sell. Find AGI Bin Manager at aggrowth.com digital. Hi, I'm Caitlin Dubin, and this is the Rural Woman Podcast. I'm a first-generation farmer who married into agriculture. Born and raised in a city, I was so unfamiliar with where my food came from, but I was determined to figure it out. Through my journey into agriculture, I saw women who were strong but humble, often taking a back seat. To me, these women were leaders who deserved a seat at the table. I created the Rural Woman Podcast to share the voices of women in an industry whose stories often went untold. The rural entrepreneurs who live and breathe their work, full of grit and pride. We come here to share our stories, to be in community with each other, to be challenged and inspired, but most importantly, to be celebrated and to be heard. We may not all live, farm, ranch or homestead the same, but we are all connected. We are rural women and our stories are worthy of being told. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast, where we are continuing our Positively Farming Media Podcast Network featured episodes. This week's feature episode is an interview that I did with my friend Erica Lenichek from the Rural Mindset Podcast. You may remember Erica from episode 127 of the Rural Woman Podcast, where we chatted all about how to handle burnout on the farm, which sounds like a really good episode to go back to and listen to, especially at this time of year. (laughs) So be sure to head back to episode 127 of the Rural Woman podcast if you haven't listened to it already, or maybe we need a re-listen, especially during harvest. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this week's Positively Farming Media Podcast Network feature episode with Erica Lenichek from the Rural Mindset Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Rural Mindset Podcast. Today, I am so grateful to have the opportunity to release this interview with Caitlin Dubin. Caitlin was born and raised in southern Alberta, and she married into agriculture in 2016. She was not intending on becoming an active member of the farm, but very quickly found a passion for her farm life that she still has today. She is known online as the Wild Rose Farmer, or the voice behind the Rural Woman podcast. Caitlin is also a Wild Rose Cat Rancher and an avid podcast listener herself. She tells the stories of incredible women involved in all parts of agriculture 
and agribusiness and beyond. And she is such a light. It was amazing to have her on the flip side of things being interviewed and have Caitlin tell us and share about her mental health journey slash spiritual awakening and to have her talk also very openly about her transition from city life to farm life and about her recent diagnosis of ADHD. For more, you can listen to this episode and look in the show notes on all the ways you can find Caitlin. Welcome to the Rural Mindset Podcast, a podcast aimed at bridging the gap between mental health and agriculture. This is proudly a Positively Farming Media Network podcast. I'm your host, Erica Lenichek, and let's get rolling. Hi, Caitlin. Welcome to the Rural Mindset Podcast. I'm so excited to have you talking to me today. Hello, Erica. It is great to be here in the guest seat of the podcast. Yeah, you've been with this podcast since it was just a little baby and (laughs) just a little idea. And now you're here in the guest seat and I'm very thrilled to have you. I feel like a a proud, would I be a proud grandparent of this podcast? I'm not sure. (laughs) A podcast grandma. Uh, Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) Sure. Let's term it that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a wild ride and you've been there every step. So it was obvious that I needed to interview you today. And, um, just before we get started, can you just tell us a little bit about the operation you're on your history and egg and all that good stuff for people who might not know you for sure. So my name is Caitlin Dubin. I am a first generation farmer. I married into farming back in 2016 when I uh, married my lovely husband uh, and we are on his family's multi-generation grain and oilseed operation in Southern Alberta. Um, We transitioned to organic back in 2018 and became certified organic back in 2018 uh, and grow a variety of different uh, crops, oil seeds, uh, mostly known for our lovely hemp crop. Uh, When you drive past, it's kind of sticks out like a sore thumb next to all the canola fields. But uh, (laughs) um, I didn't know anything about agriculture uh, before we got married. And that was never my intention to be an active member of the farm. But Slowly but surely, uh, right after we got married, I like to call it my uh, spiritual awakening uh, slash mental breakdown, uh, getting here to the farm. I uh, I ended up quitting my career in town and jumping in with both boots on to become the farmer I am today. So yeah, that's about me and the operation. Awesome. I like that, you know, you loved it and you're both boots on stuck in the mud now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I I don't think I could ever go back, which uh, maybe that's what his plan was all along. So (laughs) maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So we, um, this month is mental health awareness month for people who don't know. And we are doing a podcast every Friday and an interview every Friday for, to share some stories about mental health and egg. And you had your spiritual awakening slash mental breakdown. So do you mind telling listeners a little bit about that, what that looked like for you, some of the things that you did to, 
you know, help yourself and where you're at now. So just your, your story. Yeah. It's really funny to say, like, I love sharing that story because who, who wants to share that publicly with anybody? Um, but I feel like that is a huge part of why I'm here today and why I'm able to sit down and talk to you. If I didn't go through those things, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be a podcaster. I wouldn't be a farmer. I wouldn't be any of those things. So, um, like I had mentioned, I didn't know a lot about agriculture. Unfortunately, my husband and I had gone out. I think we went out four years before we got married. Seems like a long time ago to remember all of those things, but, um, yeah, I would come out after I was done my job and we would take our romantic tractor rides and I would watch the sunset with him. And then I would get to drive back to town and, you know, go to bed and wake up and do it all the next day. And I was not equipped to know what was going on really behind the scenes of the farm and how much actually was all encompassing. So when we actually got married and I moved here, um, though our farm is only located like 20 minutes away from town, it felt like it was like a whole different universe out here. And I tried for so long to hold on to this old life that I had saying, no, nothing's going to change because I think everybody kind of warned me it was going to change, but I was like, nah, it's okay. Like, I'll still be the same. I'm still going to go to town. I'm still going to go to my workout class in town at five o'clock in the morning. Like I always did and it'll be fine. And so I tried tooth and nail to hold on to this old life while trying to figure out what my new one was going to look like. And eventually I just got worn out. And on top of not being happy with my job anymore, it wasn't satisfying me in the way that it used to. And I was being pulled in so many directions. I finally just sat down and said, like, this is enough. Like, I can't go on any further like this. Um, and I ended up taking a leave of absence from my job, which at the time I was extremely embarrassed about because there were other people who had done that in our organization before. And I remember how those people were looked down upon. And, you know, when they came back, it was different or, you know, they were just like, I don't know, it was looked down upon that they were taking this time and what was wrong with them. But honestly, I had the come to Jesus moment, the like, what am I going to do? I am either going to self implode and ruin everything around me, including my brand new marriage or my job that I took so much pride in. What was I going to do? So I just decided like this leave of absence was what I needed to do. So that's what I did. And one of the first stops I made was to a doctor's office. I went to my doctor and I said, I need help. And I don't know what that looks like. And uh, I worked with him. I found an incredible psychologist to work with. I had gone to counseling before, but I had never found somebody that I really clicked with and that I meshed with. 
And luckily I did this time around. I did. I found a psychologist versus counselor um, to sit down and talk with. And those were the only two places that I went for probably the next three months was I was in bed or I went to the doctor or I went to the psychologist. That's all I did. And that's how I got through that really, really dark time. I just want to say like, thank you for sharing that first of all, because it's never easy when somebody asks you to share your story and talk about the, how hard things were. And um, I really appreciate you sharing that with the listeners and with me today and congratulations on being where you are now, because, you know, if anybody has struggled it, it's really hard when you're in that moment to realize that you can be happy and that things can get better and that you can be this amazing flourishing, this flower afterwards and this light for so many people um, when you're in that moment and going to the doctor and asking for help saying, I need help. I mean, having that realization too, and standing up for yourself and advocating it for yourself is so challenging. It's, it's draining. It's challenging. It's a lot. So thank you for doing that because now you, because you advocated for yourself, now you can advocate for so many things, right? You're a huge advocate for agriculture. You're a huge advocate for women. You're just an amazing person. So being able to do that was probably one of the biggest steps of your life. Yeah, it definitely was. And Thank you. Um, It definitely was a turning point in my life. Um, And as somebody who had this stigma around mental health and being medicated for your mental health, it was a huge thing for me to start taking things. And I've shared this story before, but I remember sitting there at the kitchen table looking at my new prescription crying. And I sobbed for probably at least an hour before I had the emotional capacity and courage to actually start taking my prescription. And it was such a struggle. And, you know, we've heard it time and time again, if you had a broken arm or if you had a headache, or if you had any of these other things, you know, it's likely that you're going to be able to take what the doctor gives you for that. Well, for me, there was something just not balanced for me and I needed help with that. And to break it down to those simple terms was very helpful for me eventually. Like we've heard it time and time again, but until you're at that point in your life where it's like, well, I'm either going to take this to get better or I'm just going to keep getting worse and worse. Um, So And, you know, I'm a big proponent for whatever helps your own mental health. That's what you need to do. Prescription medication might not be the thing for you, but it also might be. And you don't really know until you try. Um, So I'm always an open book of what's worked for me and what hasn't worked for me. But I'm also a huge proponent of you need to go to a medical professional and have those conversations with them 
um, to see what's actually going to work for you or what's actually not going to. Like, don't take your medical advice from somebody on TikTok or somebody from a podcast. <laughs> yes, definitely. You you have to find, and sometimes too, you said that you had you tried a counselor. And you mm-hmm. went to a counselor and you then revived with, with them. And then you made the steps to go and find a psychologist that worked for you. And I mean, I've been there where I've walked into a room and I've felt like I've been counseling that person, counseling me more than vice yeah. versa. And, and it's really important that you are comfortable with that person too, and that you can go back or you can go back to your doctor if your medication isn't working because you might try medication and it might not work for you but maybe a different type does. Mm -hmm. So being able to also have the resiliency to not give up on the first try, if, you know, if you try something and it works and having that communication with your healthcare team Mm -hmm. is so, so important. So, you know, when you, when you went to your psychologist, you said that you got along with them. And then when you started taking your medication, it obviously worked for you. Did you have to try any other types of medication? Do you mind me asking? Yeah. Um, I have, um, definitely tried different medication along the way. And actually it was last year, I believe, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD and funny enough, like, I feel like that has just made my life make sense in a whole different way. Um, so obviously with that comes different medication and all of those things, but yeah, no, it, um, I've definitely had to, uh, try on a few, few different shoes or, (laughs) uh, to see what works, uh, for me. And, um, I also, you know, have gone through the journey of like, this has been over a five-year process, Um, I have gotten to the point where I think like, okay, I think I'm okay to not be on medication or want to lower doses or all of these things and see how my body feels that way. Um, and that's also been a journey too, of seeing what works. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting when you get to that point, Hey, and you're like, I think, I think I can go off of it or I think I can lower my dose. Yeah. And I tried it. It was an absolute disaster for me. For me too. Um, <laughs> if I'm being honest and you know, cause I think, I think there's always going to be the hope that yeah. I don't need this, but at the same time coming to the understanding and realization that it's okay. If for the rest of my life, I have to buy my serotonin in a bottle. I'm okay with that. And Mm -hmm. I want other people to know that it's okay too, because same if I had diabetes and I needed insulin for the rest of my life, I'm not going to go off of my insulin because I think I feel better. You feel better because it's helping. Right. Yeah. And you know, we're, it's pretty easy for people to be like, oh, I'm going to drink orange juice to get vitamin C, or I'm going to do this to even, you know, when we talk about the physical health aspect of comparison to mental health we, it's easy for, if you're like, oh, you're low in vitamin D people are like, okay, I'll spend more time outside or I'll take vitamin D. But if you say your serotonin is low or your body is processing it too quickly, people are like, oh no, but maybe we could change the verbiage around that instead of saying, you know, you have 
crippling depression, you could say your serotonin is low. Yeah. We need to, I just thought of that just now as I was talking, but people are really quick to, um, that we'll do something for our physical health when it comes to our mental health. Like you said, there's this stigma behind it. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know about you, but when I went on meds, I felt like a failure and I was like, I'm failing. And you don't want to have that feeling because then that adds to everything. But yeah. So I did not know that you just recently got diagnosed with ADHD. Can you talk about that process a little bit for you? Because, that is huge in mental health, right? If you don't understand your body and you don't understand your brain and why you do things the way that you do, it can be really frustrating. And if you're frustrated about that all the time, your mental health might take a toll. And once you do learn that um, you have diagnosed, you're diagnosed with something, then you might be able to complement yourself better and help yourself be successful more depending on what it is, obviously. Um, but how has that changed things or your understanding of yourself? It's been a wild ride and a wild journey uh, to get to the point of where I was at and to be told that, you know, this is a possibility for you. Uh, growing up, my brother uh, early on in his life was diagnosed with ADD and treated that way. Um, so, and it's funny because when we, now we know what we know, when we look at ADD or ADHD in young children, uh, young boys are often treated and young girls are often told that they're hormonal or they are, <laughs> uh, you know, just too emotional or whatever it is or too sensitive. Um, so looking back, I can feel like, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. you go looking back and thinking like, oh, this makes sense now of why, you know, things turned out the way that they did or how I felt the way that they did. And ADHD in older women um, is often not diagnosed because again, we are looked at like we have hormones, we are sensitive, we are emotional, um, we have anxiety or we have depression. Um, and you know, those could all be the case still, but if there's just that one thing where there's just something that you're not able, I not able to function. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but that's for me where it got to, where it's just like, I know I need to do all of these things. Like in my head, it makes all like, it makes sense that these things need to be done, but why can't I just get there? Like, why can't I go over that hump? Um, so learning more about ADHD in adults has been super helpful for me. Um, you know, talking to my psychologist and being referred to other specialists, um, has been, life-changing for me and just knowing that there are signs and symptoms for me within myself to know that, you know, today's just not a good day for me to push myself or get all of these things done and knowing that it's okay. Um, I know that there are folks who, you know, can be prescribed, like you can prescribe yourself out of anything, I think. And, but for me, 
knowing this about myself and knowing about my body and what my limits are, and especially in the field that we're in, um, has been really important to me and has been really life-changing to me in allowing myself to focus on how I'm feeling versus on what I need to get done. That is a very important distinction. Mm -hmm. I feel like that can be used across agriculture, across entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. um, and that way of life too, because if you are, you know, out there and you are focusing on the things that you need to get done, you can end up running yourself into the ground very quickly and not respecting your boundaries because you're like, well, I just need to get it done. Mm -hmm. It needs to be done. Yeah. And I, like, I, I'm not naive to the fact that like we work in seasons, we have Mm -hmm. one shot to make a paycheck. We have all of these things, but we're also really resilient and we're really resourceful. So how can we do this better? How can we change this narrative to asking for help or shift work or whatever it is within our own operations that we can make this work better for how we operate? Um, So knowing these things about myself and you know, being able to talk to my husband who has always been extremely supportive within my own mental health journey and being able to explain to him that, you know, my mind just doesn't work this way. I need to either be explained differently or I need to do things differently to make it work for me and setting that boundary within myself in our relationship, in our operation has also been really Uh, pivotal and being able to move forward and be successful. Growers have a lot to consider when it comes to storing grain. Are you getting the most out of your on-farm grain storage? Could an aeration model help to better determine fan, heater, or dryer needs? And what is the ROI if you installed a bin manager system to remote monitor and control in-bin grain conditioning? At AGI, we want you to ask the tough questions about how Bin Manager allows growers like you to know exactly what is happening inside your bins without climbing a ladder or stairs, or how you can benefit from remotely monitoring your grain temperature and moisture from a smartphone, or how fully automated fans and heaters can provide peace of mind all season long. Contact an AGI representative today for a free on-farm smart storage assessment. Find AGI Bin Manager at aggrowth.com digital. That's aggrowth.com digital. I like that you said your brain and your body and your explanation in that, because did you have to learn how to communicate to him. I think that's one step that we might be missing in mental health is you have to understand how you're feeling and understand what's going on inside of you. And then also verbalize it to other people. Like we talk about the importance of communication all the time. It's huge. It's absolutely integral, but what about that piece 
between there, between the communication, you have to learn how to do it. So did you have to learn how to do that with your mental health? I keep learning every single day (laughs) to communicate and to be an effective (laughs) communicator. Um, You know, I think that's another thing in agriculture that, you know, you work with your family, you work with your spouse, you work with your, like these close partners that you are with 24 seven and learn to, you know, set boundaries and communicate and do all of these things. Like nobody taught us how to do these things in school. Um, I don't think anybody taught a lot of their farming families how to do this. They've just figured it out along the way. Um, and I just always think there, there's better ways of doing things. And, you know, it really starts with you. It really starts with figuring out how you actually feel and slowing down long enough to know how you feel. And once you have that figured out, then the next harder, hard part comes of how do you communicate how you feel to somebody else, which can be a challenge and using language that's not attacking, that's using language that is I statements, all of these things, right? Like learning how to communicate with what's going on inside that can be super confusing and explain it to somebody else who maybe doesn't have the emotional capacity to know what's going on inside themselves because they're too busy doing other things. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's so many layers to this. Um, and it's, like I said, I learn every day and it's a delicate dance, but, uh, I feel like once you start having these conversations, eventually they get a little bit easier and something that I've found is super helpful If you yourself are on this discovery journey of how you're feeling, what's going on with you? um, Are there other people that you found that have similar experiences? Share those things with your partner. Say, hey, I listened to this podcast about XYZ. I think you should listen to it. Watch this TikTok. It's 30 seconds long. Like, share it with them. Um, Don't be afraid to share this discovery process with somebody that you trust and that you love, because then it also helps them understand what's going on. And, you know, if you have a diagnosis or if you have something that is new, um, you know, it's likely they want to be there to support you too. um, And they're also learning alongside with you. Mm. And with that, we need to be a little, give a little grace. Yes. Because everybody's learning and I like, we're always learning, Mm -hmm. you know, every day I wake up and something, I make some kind of mistake that helps me learn something new and could be the way that we communicate. It could be a lot of things. So you mentioned that we still have work to do um, with this. I think that's not just in agriculture. I think that's worldwide, regardless of what you're doing Mm -hmm. in the world of mental health by, you know, opening conversations, reducing the stigma, realizing that you're not alone, that other people struggle and that we're all learning and we're all learning together, even if we're learning different things. So what would you like to see if you were to look into the future? What would you like to see for agriculture specifically related to mental health? (sighs) That's a great question. Um, 
<laughs> I feel, I always feel like, and this is going to sound a little strange, but hear me out. I always feel like I have the upper hand when it comes to agriculture versus non-agriculture, because I've been able to live a life in both ways. I grew up not in agriculture. I married into agriculture in my relatively younger life and have grown into it and have grown and accepted and fell in love with this industry. And I care about it so deeply. With that being said, I feel like I can see the red flags. I can see the red flags when it comes to, you know, the industry that loves and cares so much about everyone and everything else. And they forget to care about themselves. Um, What I would like to see is people having conversations with one another. You know, I, I love to see the initiatives that are happening worldwide, you know, and especially in agriculture, you know, the campaigning, the resources, all of these things. I love to see those. But what I love to hear more is when somebody tells me I had a conversation with my husband last night about how I think he's struggling. I want to see more people having those conversations one-on-one. That being said, those resources that are out there, those are so pivotal and those are so important because we're learning along the way. We're learning what we don't know. One of the things that I cherish and hold deeply is the statement that you don't know what you don't know. And when you don't know the signs and symptoms of somebody who's going through something that is so hard and they're shutting down and they are abusing substances or they're doing whatever it is for them to cope. If we don't know what those signs are, maybe we just have no idea that they were struggling. Um, so those resources are so pivotal and so important. And something that I've also seen that's the red flag on the other side is for mental health professionals to not understand the industry that we're in. And I have sat through counseling sessions personally, couples counseling sessions with my husband and heard about sessions uh, for other people where the mental health care provider is saying, these are the steps that you need to do to make yourself feel better and to be and better health. And some of those suggestions are things that absolutely make no sense for our industry because they have not a clue that when you've been on a tractor for 18 hours that day, that you're not going to stop and take 30 minutes to exercise, 10 minutes to meditate, all of these things. They're giving you these tools that work for people that have a nine to five job and we don't have that. So what are other things that we can do? How can we be flexible in those suggestions that you're giving to people? Uh, And it's been very interesting to see, um, at least for me, sitting here, seeing that there 
are mental health professionals now that are seeing this, that they are getting it. And whether they're doing this for a personal gain because they're going to get more clients uh, if they're learning about this. And if that's the case, good for them. I love a good entrepreneur. Uh, But on the other hand, they're learning that no two patients are the same. And depending on what industry they're in and whatever it is, like they have to be adaptable in the resources that they can give and the advice and the knowledge that they can give. At the end of the day, human beings are human beings. And I think there's a lot of things that bring us together, but I think there's something really special about people who live rurally and people, especially in agriculture, that we are connected so deeply in so many different ways. Um, I think there's such power in us being able to help each other and us being able to have those conversations. But I think it's also so important for us to have the knowledge to have these conversations and do it in a way that's respectful of other people and their lived experiences. And we don't know what we don't know, but I think trying and reaching out and being an empathetic ear is going to be what changes our industry. And it starts with us. It starts with individuals within our industry. And then we're able to advocate for change in the bigger senses and in the bigger centers saying, this is what we need. This is how we can be supported, but we need to know first what's going on inside, how we can help ourselves. If we can't figure out how to help ourselves, who do we, who do we reach out to that we love and that we trust and how do we keep growing from there? So that's the, that's the long answer of what I want to see Erica (laughs) in our industry. (laughs) That was perfect. Perfect. Uh, Multi, it was multifaceted. And I think that that's important because, you know, when it comes to growth, growth is not a straight line up, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not linear at all. So if we grow in all these little areas, eventually the growth will be greater in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the, you know, tractor and you're doing something for 18 hours and you simply don't have it in you to go exercise or it's not, it doesn't make sense for agriculture. And I think, hear me out on this too, that it could also go into other types of shift work. Mm-hmm. That being said, I was, when you were saying that, I was like, you know what? I wonder if, and this is not what this podcast is about. I wonder if doctors or, you know, heart surgeons who do really, they feel the same way going into counseling and that's totally off topic, but you know, it's not just egg that can benefit from the growth of the professionals who are helping, which is really interesting to me that, that was kind of what, where my thoughts went when you were saying that, because I think it can be growth is growth. And if, you know, everybody can grow together, human beings are human beings and ag is very unique. It's very abstract in how it works, but it can benefit other industries as well. 
industries that help the world go round and help keep everybody fed and healthy and all the things that we are looking for to have a healthy society. So you also said that you need to learn different tools and there's diverse other suggestions and stuff like that. So what are some of the tools that you do? Because I always kind of end the interviews with suggestions of what people do for themselves because it might be different. So I can give tools that might help somebody, but you might give tools that are totally different than mine that help somebody else. So what are some things that you do when you are in busy season or not in busy season? I feel like your busy seasons are podcasting busy season and farm busy season. So they look very different. Um, But what are some of the things that you do for yourself? They kind of vary. And they honestly, they go through different seasons. Like you said, podcast busy season for recording episodes and all of the things and uh, farming season. But I think what they come down to is just taking some quiet time for myself and reflecting. And sometimes that means me journaling. Sometimes that means me looking at a calendar and planning out my week to kind of prepare myself for what things are going to look like. All of these happen with a nice hot cup of coffee. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I have to be honest with you. I go through ebbs and flows of uh, physical fitness and working out and all of those things. And I really hate to say it on the lazy days, but working out really really helps with mental clarity for me and just like putting it out with the wash. Um, so doing some type of physical movement or physical activity really helps me. Um, and especially when I'm able to do those things with the people that I love. So, uh, going for a 20 minute walk after dinner with, with Justin is something that I cherish and makes me feel so happy holding hands. Um, I want to know how many people listening when the last time you held hands with your partner was and going for a walk, even if um, it sounds really funny, but when we're working together uh, and we're going to check on something or whatever, I'll grab his hand and we'll walk hand in hand in the field or wherever. (laughs) And he can be like dragging me because he's like on a mission and I'm dawdling. Uh, But you know, that's just something that I do. Those are just small things and small moments that I do. And it can be in the busiest of seasons, or it can just be whenever, um, taking that time to get outside and appreciate where it is that we live and what it is that we do. Um, I think a lot of people take it for granted sometimes. And we forget, especially in the busy seasons that, uh, we get to do a pretty cool thing. And, uh, I always, I always like to take that few minutes Uh, whether it's at the beginning of the day, the end of the day, even in the middle of the day, just like look around you and think like, Hey, this is pretty cool what we get to do. And whether that's, you know, I'm out in the field working or I'm sitting here in my office and I'm talking to people who I would have never met otherwise, um, being able to share their stories through my podcast or online or whatever it is. So just take those quiet moments, um, And they don't have to be long and they don't have to be significant, but they have to be mindful of what it is that you're thinking of. 
So it's really, I, I don't do a lot. I don't, you know, have a secret sauce of what it is that's going to, you know, help the masses. But if those mindful moments help one person, then I'm happy, happy to share what it is that helps me. I like it. And I like that you said you don't have a lot because I think people think of their mental health journey or what I have heard from people that have reached out to me, DMs and stuff like that, is that it feels like this big, you have to do all of the big things and it has to be a big time commitment in order to actually work on yourself or take those minutes. And it's not, it could be as simple as holding your husband's hand, Mm -hmm. which you're doing this, the thing at the same time, whatever task you're doing, you're, or you're still doing that task while you're holding hands. So I like that you said it's not a lot because it doesn't have to be a lot and it can still be really effective. For sure. So when people are looking for you and all of your goodness, you have so much goodness to share. Uh, Where can they find you? Well, I'm known on the internet as Wild Rose Farmer. So I'm on uh, Wild Rose Farmer on all social media platforms, as well as my website, wildrosefarmer.com. And if you are looking to hear the incredible stories of women in agriculture, I share those over on my podcast. And my podcast is called The Rural Woman Podcast and can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Awesome. Do you have any final thoughts that you would like to add today? I just want to thank you and the work that you do and continue to do to amplify mental health and agriculture, because I don't ever think there will be enough people talking about the work that has done, that has been done, that needs to be done. And, you know, you are continuing to share these stories as well as your own. And I just want to thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you. It's my pleasure And if anybody is listening to this today, and if anybody is struggling, or maybe you're in the middle of your self-discovery journey, I just want to remind you that you have survived 100% of your hardest days. You can survive today too. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rural Mindset Podcast. For show notes, you can head on over to thebranderica.com. And you can connect with me on social media by following The Brand Erica or using the handle at The Brand Erica on all platforms. If you love the show, please make sure you're subscribed to it wherever you listen to podcasts and maybe you even share it with a friend. Make sure to check us out on Patreon too to become part of The Brand Erica and the Rural Mindset Podcast community. We'll see you next time. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this week's from the members of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. If you would like to learn more about the network as well as the podcast mastermind, you can head on over to positivelyfarmingmedia.com to learn more and to join us. 
If you are a podcaster in the food and agriculture space, we welcome you to our table. Or if you're thinking about starting your own podcast, we have a seat for you too. So head on over to PositivelyFarmingMedia.com to learn more. We will see you back here next week with another special episode from the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast, a proud member of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. The Rural Woman Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a community. A huge thank you to the Rural Woman Podcast team, audio editor Max Hofer, and admin support from Kim & Co. Online. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Sarah Reedner from Happiness by the Acre and Carrie Munven from Laystone Farms. To learn how you can become a Patreon executive producer or other ways to financially support the show, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast to get the latest episodes directly on your playlist. And if you are loving the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that accepts ratings and reviews. You can connect with us on social media at The Rural Woman Podcast and with me at Wild Rose Farmer. One of the best ways you can support the show is by sharing it. Send this episode to a friend or share on your social media. Let's strengthen and amplify the voices of women in agriculture together. Until next time, my friend, keep sharing your story.